0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: We're Whistle and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't
0: need robbing, stealing or mugging. In fact, we'll take it seriously. We're only bugging.
1: Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is the Whistleblowers. We've got one under our belt. An entire weekend of proper football fixtures. We had The entire pyramid having a right good go at it. Right in the middle of the Test match and and the Olympics. But still, I think we managed to focus good and hard. That's the important thing. Um, I'm going to guess, as we're sitting here, uh, still fresh from... One game, played one 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 at Stamford Bridge. Kerry Levy, of course, from the Chelsea podcast.
2: Ah, oh, good evening, yes. It's a lovely, glorious glow on a Tuesday.
1: Uh, and, of course, it's a, it's a day where nothing could possibly go wrong because it was a faultless evening of football, wasn't it? It was. Shut up. <laughs> um, we'll deal with that in a moment's time because huh? I, understand, I understand how you, you, you may think like that because you got three points. The opposition didn't. Yeah. <sighs> Meanwhile, across the way is a gentleman whose, whose job it is to oversee mo- much more than just simple matters of individual football games and also try to find a little corner of his art for his football team himself. Matt Sanger from The, the Set Pieces is here. You went to two games this weekend in the Premier League, didn't you? Yeah, I did, Mark, yeah. I was at Chelsea last night as well. Okay, so we'll get, so we'll get a proper arbitrary point of view on that one there. <laughs> and yeah. you also saw... Uh, Arsenal, yeah. against Liverpool. Yeah, that's an intro. Well, I think we may start there, but um, where was your heart during all of that? Just tell. Uh, just remind Gary and, the, and everybody else.
0: Well, my heart was in Wigan, getting stamped on. <laughs> uh, yeah, Blackburn Rovers fan, and uh, we've probably made one of our worst starts of the season. Will
1: Green, finally. I mean, that song was sung for weeks on end. And he never, he never, he never kicked a ball. Finally, Blackburn gave him the facilities for that for the Will Griggs song to actually be used formally.
0: Yeah, it was charitable. That's that, was, that was. That's a lovely
1: move <laughs> on Blackburn's part, wasn't it? Um, let, I tell you what. Now let's let's work our way backwards. First, go. Let, let's deal with the Chelsea game because, you know, obviously, I, I, watching it from a, a, a very sub, a subjective point of view. Uh, I thought we were just about to get away with a draw that we absolutely nicked off of you. But by the same token, I thought there was a performance in which we shouldn't have even had the opportunity because we were that poor and you should have been better.
2: Yeah, I think think it, it was a very odd game in a certain way because actually we did that thing we used to do where we used to boss games and actually control how it was being run. And we did that in a, in a lot of ways last night. And, you know, we got sort of intensity out of players. We were controlling it. The front four, which is what it was most of that first half particularly, and into the second half, seemed to control and kept pushing and pushing. And there was wave after wave of attack. Um, and yet there was that kind of thing that was really infuriating that we weren't killing the game off. Yeah. And then did the usual thing, which is, Get a set piece, you know, at one nil, you can never be sure of anything a team can be the worst team in the world and not do anything but a set piece can change everything and
1: and and which with, with, strange man I talked about just before we came in is that, that there was an element of you suspected that Bilic was playing those odds was rolling those exact dice that he could nick something out of it but taking a step back from this of course you know this is our first big one of the first big stories of the weekend is Conte and the Chelsea revolution that he's got there so from that distance what do you think you saw there? I mean just weird I'll give it a kick off is I was surprised to see that pack four. Well
0: yeah, I suppose. Um, I mean Ivanovic was like reinvigorated last night completely. The same with um uh on on the left side. Uh, you know, it it looked a completely different team from last season. Um yeah, Conte, he's a bit of a madman, isn't he? He was on the touchline. He was just, like, gesticulating wildly throughout. I-, I think I said after the game, he was the only manager in the Premier League that makes
2: Billich look mild-mannered by comparison. <laughs> That's right,
1: exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bilic
2: took a back seat on it all, really, yeah, in that way.
1: Leading on his walking stick, yeah, exactly, yeah. But it's, it's a strange... Do, do, do you see this as a good fit for Chelsea? Because, plainly, obviously, with Jose Mourinho, with, with, the, with, the, with the character that they had there before, what so many people looking at, is a new character. Is that a good thing for them, do you think? Do you think they can, they can work with that, Chelsea?
0: I think the biggest advantage for them this season is no European football, because they've got time to get used to his methods. And I think the thing about last night is it wasn't the greatest performance, but they really tried for the manager. The intensity was amazing throughout. They, they upped the tempo. And uh, I think, you know, they've definitely... Believe in what he's telling him. They bought into his methods. That's that's the most important thing at this stage of season, rather than you know the, the performances and the
1: results. Okay. Is, is that what is that the sense you as a fan would have got out of that? Is that, you, that at least you saw that? Yeah, that, that extra intensity, that extra effort.
2: Absolutely, and it was one of those moments when they equalised. You went, oh, you know, this is really frustrating, but we're trying, and all of us were saying to each other at that moment. Now we'll find out if they will find that extra bit within yeah, themselves, yeah. to do something now to try and get themselves out of this. And they did. And he was very proactive. You know, Victor Moses came on and started yeah, running at yeah. them. Um, Hazard had sort of died down a bit. You know, first game of the season, he played well, but then had calmed down. Uh, Batshuayi came on. He made a difference, won the header to to set up Costa and you thought, yeah, they've got something in their tank that they're willing to go and find. And I thought, there was a lot of things. there's a lot of mistakes. A lot of things need to be sorted out at Chelsea, without a doubt. But, you know, and going back to your point about were you surprised at the back four, um, well, actually, we weren't as Chelsea fans because we knew we had no one else. We only have that back there is four at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yes.
1: that's what you got. Well, so, well, did we see the first sniffs of how the refereeing... Conundrum is going to play this time Because obviously they're walking around now Well they're limping around now With 40 extra rules in their back pocket Which obviously is hilarious fun And then Costa gets thrown at the situation <laughs> Now um, We didn't lose that game Because Costa was still on the field We lost that game for various different reasons But there's a very strong argument That that second tackle Was a, you know, was, a, was a yellow on, on the goalkeeper Described as not malicious but late By Bilic, Which I think is probably a reasonable way of looking at it but we saw a ref bother with arms waving and a bit of shouting and he went to the touchline and dealt with it as well. But yeah, then suddenly there was actual physical football decisions to be made and he didn't seem to deal with it.
0: Well, he sort of stamped his authority straight away. He booked Kante for a on Carroll after three
2: minutes. I think Catty got like three bookings last season, and yeah, gets, gets a book uh, three yeah, three minutes this season. Uh, yeah. Tough gig in a game like that to get a booking in the first three minutes. Yeah, you know? yeah. well, there's the a few
1: yeah.
0: challenges really similar to that later in the game that, that didn't get pulled up. Yeah, but uh, no, I thought the ref did all right. I, I think with Costa. Um, Probably, like, the benefit to him is the fact that he tackled a
2: goalkeeper. I think it's just such an unusual incident that the referee just, Yes, you know,
1: it's almost like it doesn't count in
2: the, yeah, in, in well, the Mexican
1: it, of it or well, something. Well, it doesn't
2: really happen, does it? You know, the keeper takes out a striker usually. But, yes. you know, Costa can do things in his own way. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the ball was there as well. I think yeah, he was, was entitled to go for it. I don't like
1: know, it's. I didn't mind any of that, except, except that basically he just... The, the situ- he provided... He set himself up for that situation, the ref, and then didn't deal with it. Which, which... Uh, but the, the, here's the thing as well. Let's, let's look on the broader picture on this one, Kerry. Okay? Is that what didn't happen, and I think there's an element, I'm hoping there's an element to throw back the European Championships, is that what didn't happen, there wasn't a, you know, a rash of red cards, because patently what's not happened is footballers
2: are no longer charging referees. Well, yeah, and there was one absolute classic moment when the Chelsea defence were, were defending, got a decision for a free kick for West Ham, and about seven of them got together and just charged towards the referee. And then JT was just about to go at the referee. Suddenly put his arms out wide, held everyone back, turned around as if to Sadly go, Suddenly oh, we can't the, do this. He
1: remembered the memo. It was. It, <laughs> it was because
2: we're very good at surrounding referees. And that, that has to be taken out of our I,
0: I remember that incident, actually. I think it was one, one of those nights as well where, because they were so pumped up under the new manager and they were trying to give everything for him, it was, you know, it was a time when you think actually they, they might overstep the mark a bit and they, they might, you know, push the boundaries of the referee. But they were pretty restrained considering.
1: And I think generally as well across the across the fixtures, we saw that, did we, Matt? I mean, I can't recall um, there being a incendiary moment where it was like would have been it, w- it would have been waved away last year, but the referee reacted differently. And it's strange if this is the case, and I, and I thought this about the European Championship as well. Is how quickly do footballers? Respond when they're told, i tell you what you can't do no more is that. Because you're in trouble. And then Bob's wrong, it's gone.
0: Yeah, I think if there was going to be one of those examples this weekend it would have come with mike dean wouldn't it in that, in that he
1: was year. he was he was there wasn't he He was giving the crosshairs ready for action he gave us the stupidest penalty on god's given planet didn't he
0: he gave a brilliant advantage though as well w- <laughs> waving his arms it's <laughs> tremendous he,
1: he does love a, a wave of the arm he um, has
2: become mr dramatic more than ever
1: yes and also uh, jasper carrot in, yeah. in physical appearance it's a good shot. So yeah. 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 If he run, a, if he drove around the pitch on a funky moped, Kerry would understand that. Matt, you've got no <laughs> obligation to know what I said. That's that out there now in the ether for a certain demographic yeah. of our listener to go, oh, he's a guy. Everyone's going, why is that? old oh, yeah. man.
2: That's what the internet's on for. About. They can find uh, listen,
1: out. Go and find Jasper Carrots, funky moped, and enjoy. Um, where do we go for the big story? I'm kind of... Wenger, but I think, is Joe Hart bigger for you? Wenger's been done this time every season for how many years
0: now, I think? So it's
1: an old news story. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, we, we know all the fallout with that, don't we? It was, uh, I was sat behind the dugout um, in the in the press box on, on Sunday, and, uh, you know, the same guy that every year gets his A4 placard out saying spend, spend, spend. I, I think it was, <laughs> this year it was, where, it, where's our money? Is, is it wearing... That...
1: No, he's got, oh, look, he's, got, he's got coffee cup rings on it and it's, uh, bitten at the corners by yeah. moths. Going and, to
2: the game. Here, yeah. have you seen my spend, spend, spend poster? Uh, well, I think it was laminated, I thru- yeah. I, th-
1: I threw it out. I'm going down tip. Why is he northern? He's, he's not. He's he down he
2: down wait, London. north London.
1: Exactly, I suppose so. He went, da- he went down a tip, got it straight out of the green bin, that, which is where it went because it's made of cardboard, so, you know, it's <laughs> recyclable. And he's got his spend, spend. But the D's fallen off the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> spend, spend, spend. That's what it is.
2: Yeah, oh, know, the it, Stoke it, Newington
0: set. <laughs> it did look a bit dogged, but um, oh god! All the other fans though were sort of like, telling him to sit down and, and everything else, like a bit less politely than that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but no, it was.
1: But okay, right. We'll, we'll do Joe out later. Let's do the Arsenal. While we're right here. as well. It was horrible. It was. I mean, I wasn't comfortable watching it. And you know, with, with almost no vested interest at all,
0: you felt Arsenal in the first half with that 11 that they put out, they're playing as well as they could and they were giving it everything to be fair. But you felt Liverpool just had something else to offer. And when he went in at half time, I mean, it says so much. You got a lot of Arsenal fans out that have to question like Wenger, how he prepares the team for matches, how he uh, you know, he, he psychs them up, and at half time. They went in. They just conceded that goal after the game. He blamed the impact, the psychological impact of, of uh, Coutinho's equaliser. But he, you know, what, he, what, he, had the opportunity he blamed to someone
1: into... else. He blamed the other team scoring.
2: Yes, yeah. Like, on
1: the situation. Well, in a weird way, that's a kind of pragmatic and yet stupid response, <laughs> isn't it? In, yeah, in it, both levels,
2: it's hardly a surprise that goals it's, get scored this, in it, football. Uh, it
1: so. has. Ha- I've seen. I've seen it happen. Oh, I don't know dozens of times I don't it, know about you, it, Gary.
0: it was also one of the perfect goals to concede from that point of view because you yeah. could say well what an absolute worldie that was you know there's there's no need to worry about that you couldn't stop it because yeah. That, that yeah. free kicks like that you know are unsavable. So moving just go on. out yeah. do do what you were doing but they they came out second half and whatever Klopp said had just fired Liverpool up Yeah, and uh mané i mean you know he's been linked with man united in the past what signing he could prove to be just slipped under the radar a bit you know, but, but
1: but you have to uh, if you if you're an arsenal fan See, I've kind of spent a lot of seasons defending because I just remember that Arsenal provided us with the best football team, playing the best football for many, many seasons in the Premier League, and I, and and every time everyone's having a go at Wenger, I'm thinking, well, look, look he's got, he we got second last year, even in this as this conversation evolved, and yeah, it was I thought it was abject against Liverpool. What did you think?
2: I I thought yet again, you know. We had the typical Wenger comments after a game. There was blaming for certain decisions. There was blaming yes. for the way that the opposition played well. There was blaming that, you <laughs> Scoring know... Scoring goals yeah, exactly.
1: when yeah. they weren't expecting them yeah. to, yeah. Exactly,
2: blaming the Euros for actually <laughs> making players play in them. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. it was it was wrong, you know. From the moment he set out those two kids in the centre of defence, you thought, OK... If Coutinho's going to play well, he's going to give him a problem. If Mane comes on, he'll run at them. Klopp will just say, just go at the centre, we'll go at the defence, don't worry about it. Seeing Koscielny sitting back chewing gum in the stands oh, made no sense. At least with West Ham, you know, they with Payet, they put him on the bench and when they went, Crikey, we need somebody to come on and try and do something. So, so why they wasn't like...
1: on the bench? Well, you had exactly. C- Cedric a...
2: Suarez
0: starting for Southampton as well. Yes. He played, he played in the final. Yes. So,
1: so there's no rules about this. It's almost like there's a set of rules handed down well, there where was... footballers aren't allowed to play. But, but well, is that indicative
0: rules. of that molly coddling that, that Wenger does with his squad? You know, yeah. it, it gives them too much leeway, perhaps. Yeah.
1: But Ra- and Ramsey, who obviously actually. Didn't only not stop running during Welsh games, ran in between Welsh games. I genuinely believe he just kept running around stadiums because <laughs> they, he's the kind of player he is. He, he was on the pitch and, of course, he's now. Uh, didn't he, he's pulled something. He got I injured. bet he's got six weeks.
0: He's up yeah. for a month,
2: yeah. I'm I bet he, he's
1: looking, cause, Because he's Arsenal. That's what midfield players do at the Arsenal. <laughs> well, you know, it's I don't
2: think they train him right because they're always getting these types of injuries yeah. more than any other club.
1: You know? I mean, well, Jack Wilshere. But, you know, it, it, there's no football at the football season hasn't started unless Jack Wilshire can't start it. Then we can all start the football season. That's <laughs> a, that's just how it works. On the flip side, though, do we? You know, Jurgen Klopp. You know, obviously, who who needs to go to spec savers every time they score. Jesus, wants <laughs> uh, to calm down. And I, you know, even though I kind of enjoy that stuff, I don't know if, if I'm looking there as something that is going to just have to be. Klopp's boundless enthusiasm and get across the line or whether he's actually got a decent football team now. I can't quite tell from what I'm looking at there.
0: Uh, it could be a mix of both at the moment. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, same with Chelsea, they've got that benefit, no European football. I think those two teams could really push everyone else this season. Like Spurs, I thought were absolutely brilliant last year and even though they cocked it up in the last few weeks, uh, you know, I thought they would kick on but just the fact that they've got that Champions League taxing campaign to, to deal with as well, it's going to be tough for them, I think, to keep that place in the top four. But but yeah, Liverpool and um, you know Klopp the way the way he got them playing against Arsenal second half, uh, yeah they could be a threat this year definitely. Do you, do, he's
1: got he's issues at left back. I think we all know this. Yes. And and just for a few weeks, even just for the entertainment of everybody, just to watch Marino play at left back, we be you know we all we all need a little bit of that. But can are we start? Do you think, if we start to see Klopp forming Liverpool in his own image? Can they be a threat this season of that ilk?
2: Well, I think they can. I mean, you you know, the old-fashioned way is that the way to win a football game is to score one more than the opposition. And that's exactly what they did against Arsenal. And there's no doubt they have got players who know how to go forward. A bit like Chelsea are. And, you know, maybe our defence gets sorted out. We'll see. Um, But... They know how to attack and they know how to do it in a certain way. That cut, you know, last season there were several games where Liverpool just tore teams to shreds and the season before, but they could only do it for 15 or 20 minutes, which is kind of what they did against Arsenal. They had 15, 20 minutes of absolute madness, tear them apart, and then go back to being an okay side but can't actually defend. But
1: here's their problem because, of course, what he's not, he hasn't really dealt with that back four yet, though, has he? The defence is a little bit. I mean, if if you go back to if you think Mignole is going to be the keeper that gets you across the line, that's a big question. But are they, are they, has he bought enough? I don't, I've not seen much movement there for him in, at the back four.
0: I think they bought the one player Arsenal could have done with. They bought that Ragnar Claven, uh, you know, brought him in from Germany and like experienced Ed. I think he's, you know,
1: he's, he's 30 years old. Yeah, but he cost. £32.50 and obviously Wenger's not going to pay that for a 29-year-old man, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> that'd be it, wouldn't it, yeah.
0: But that would have been perfect for Arsenal he's, because exactly like, right, while Kishani takes a bit of time, yeah. yeah. Mertesacker, you know, coming back from his injury, stick him in, like put him alongside one of the kids. He'll he'll be the experienced head, and then also he won't mind dropping to the bench whenever. On, on
1: that note, do you, do you know Mustafi? Which is because he's because he's bitching about the thirty million quid and he's, he's he needs a centre half and yeah, he doesn't want yeah. to spend it. Do, do you know him from Valencia? This boy. Have you ever, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He, he's well, he was great. At, he was at Everton. Uh, of course,
2: that's right. So, oh,
1: of course, yeah. yeah. But so, so so the
2: so and he looked great in the, in the Euros as well. He did look very good. Yeah. Do you
1: know what? It's not his bloody money. No, spend it. You fool. <laughs>
2: Yeah, read the sign.
1: Spin, spin, spin. I've lost the day.
2: <laughs> it's true,
1: right? We've avoided, and now we should have to deal with the Manchester's. Um, in terms of the way that it worked for City, Matt, it, 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 it looked a kind. It looked like it looked right, but of course, the right part of it, it was arguably done before even the kickoff, in the sense that everyone seems to be saying that Guardiola stamped his authority on this by saying, no, Joe Hart. Is that fair?
0: Uh, I think there's been quite a few concerns over Joe Hart's distribution for a while. The the big question, really, is like, Guardiola's been coming to Man City for a couple of years now. Why didn't Hart think... Let's work on my distribution. Let's work on playing it out with my feet, starting to build in the back. You know, he's had time to to build on that in training and the messages were there for him. So, So that's a bit strange. I also wonder though, like, if it, you know, if it's anything to do with the harmony in the team, perhaps like, you know, Hart's a big character. He's been... He's been great for City well, and great he, for England.
1: Here's the massive thing, isn't it? Is his Pep Guardiola cubby in there? And that is, uh, it's the uh, same, same phrase stamp his authority.
0: No one's bigger than him. I think that could, that could be what he's saying. Because
1: we may be having this conversation about Wayne Rooney and Jose in a minute, but like, but I think with Joe Hart, he's immediately set his stall out there, Pep, not he?
0: Oh, yeah, ma- massively. And, and Hart's left in limbo. But I, I um... <laughs> strangely enough, I've actually covered quite a bit of Chile in the past. And uh, I've watched a lot of Claudio Bravo, <laughs> and I've seen him a lot of Barcelona. And I think he's He's really... the name,
1: isn't he? Yeah, well, he's, yeah, he he's, he's
0: coming in for apparently 17 million euros. And um, he is a very good keeper. And he's developed really well over the last few years. But I think he's got a lot of mistakes in him still. And I think the heart should bide his
1: time because potentially he could get his place back there. So it could happen. But d- d- is he... Is he right, do you think? To, I, mean, he st- I mean, basically, if he's making these changes, he's making these changes from the back. I mean, that's plainly obvious because he's done, he's done it with a goalie. Does that make sense to you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think Hart's been, you know, his, his place in any team he's played for is under threat. I think he's been, you know, he's a good shot stopper, fine, but he doesn't...
1: Does, does he look like a man that feels that, he's basically owed his place. And I mean that in terms of England and Man City. And, 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 and probably that's a loaded question because that's what I feel about him in England, team.
2: Well, I think, I think he's just not been challenged. And I, I yeah, think this is a yeah. problem with a lot of keepers now is they get the gig and then there's someone who just sits on the bench quite happily, doesn't want to do anything. And I think Hart has expected... You know, the last time he got challenged for his place was with Kasper Schmeichel. Yeah. Are, you, are you saying Richard Wright didn't challenge him? <laughs> He did, but it's just not at football.
1: (laughs) Well done, (laughs) Matt. son. Got him in there nicely. Well played. Little little Blackburn moment. Lovely. Well played. Absolutely.
2: But, you know, I mean, it is, you know, I I don't think that he is as good as he thinks he probably is. And and his distribution, never mind this sweeper-keeper thing that everyone's going on about, his kicking from, from hand or from place kicks It's awful. Plus,
1: also, uh, he lets goals in. And he's, a, and he's, a, he's having wow. a few... He's six-yard box isn't his own like it used to, like it used to be. And, and obviously, we've all now seen... He's kind of got like a blind spot in his shot stopping. Basically, there's, there's, there's holes appearing in, in what seemed to be the wall that was he. Can I just say, before we move on to the other side, is that uh, I, I'm delighted to say... And uh, I, I came horribly... I don't want to blame my middle son... And yet he picked my Fangio team. I'm going to leave it there. God bless him. I love him to death. We failed. (laughs) We were hundreds and hundreds back. But there you go. That's that's his life. But if you want to get stuck in and join the Fangio team, it's a a great fun. You join the weekend football game. The promo code, uh, you go to whistleblowers. What you do is use the promo code and you'll get £10 free credits on that one there. And the whole idea is you set yourself up a team for the weekend's games Get stuck in, and unlike anyone in the Webster family, possibly make some money out of it. It's a good fun game. He enjoyed doing it, we just didn't do anything with it. You go to the FanDuel.co.uk and uh, you download the app and you search out the whistleblower's name there, and you go along and play and give yourself a chance to win some money over the weekend, and uh, there'll be credits there, courtesy of FanDuel and us, for you to do that one. Um, Of course, we need, in terms of the way that United started, to get Ibrahimovic on the score sheet. Is probably it was that the statement game of the week? I don't know. I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to work it out. It was. It was weird in the end. The results. I didn't see anything leapt out of me. But but that struck me as being kind of a, a useful move for Jose to get that one away.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it was a great start for United. The Ibrahimovic scoring, Rooney getting on the score sheet. Even though yeah, that there's still and questions yeah, of about him. I think, um, and even Mata, like you know, t- turning out, which was a bit bizarre to see him starting. But I think, yeah, probably because the next game had seven goals in it. Everyone sort of forgot, forgot. about it yeah. a little bit. But uh, but yeah, brilliant start for United. And yeah, I don't think people will forget about him for much longer.
2: No, and I, I hate to say it, you know, but. Um it reminded me of old United, that they went to a game and they won three one. You went, yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it felt like a United performance. Yeah, you know, I saw some of it and had to switch off because it was too United. It was <laughs> <laughs> <for laughs> <me>. too uncomfortable, <laughs> would <was> you? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was too United, and it, they they played in in that way, zero, say, zero fuss, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, they, that's a very good phrase because. I don't know how much you saw of it, Kerry, but this is what I like, this is what I love about Ibrahimovic, or in amongst the things that I like about him as well, which is just his sheer, I don't give a toss what anyone thinks about me, which I, I love, is that you just watch the centre-forward, you watch the number nine playing number nine football, everything back to goal, kept everything, simple as that, and then scores.
2: He actually played more like an old-fashioned yeah. centre-forward yeah. than anything I've seen him play at Barcelona or PSG, where he was dropping deep, he was linking play up, he was being the player of the team. And it was quite interesting, Mourinho obviously said, you just stay up top and let everyone work around you, rather than dropping back. Because you know when we played against PSG last year, he was dropping back to the halfway line, picking it up, doing 30-yard passes, And Mourinho's obviously That's a very interesting
1: point. I hadn't thought of it. He he, basically arrives on a chariot, you know. I mean, he might as well have done, you know. But this is the great thing about him. He's still a footballer, isn't he? He still loves being in there and being a football player and being part of a team. And he looked part of a team, didn't he, rather than the star of the show, I thought, Ibrahimovic.
0: No, definitely. And you saw his celebration. I mean, I just hate seeing a guy who's four years older than me and far, far better shape. <laughs> but uh, no, he had his best...
1: Luckily, Kerry and I, he's basically yeah. aspiring to us.
0: We, we, we had a good piece, actually, on, on the set pieces uh, by a French football writer, Andrew Gibney, over the summer, and it was about how, in his last season at PSG, the, the penultimate season, he'd had a load of injury problems, and he'd been you know, misfiring, and he'd struggled quite a bit, but then he, he went back and really put in the, the, hard, the hard miles in, uh, in training and in pre-season. And last year, he had his, his best season pitch. He scored, scored the most goals. So, um, you know, I, I think he's, he's not he's, he's, he's,
1: he's not winding down, is he, particularly yet? I don't think.
0: He, he just loves it, doesn't he? He loves the oh, stage. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, people love to watch players like that because, you know, it's like John Terry last night. When I was watching him under the lights at Stanford Bridge, I just thought, look at the way he's, like, Gripping no, onto no, this last no, chance no, no, at no, no, no! But
1: Doris Day does that. She, she got the lighting right. She went, you know, even when she was ninety-nine, you know, she always got the she got back bit, didn't she? Gary, still going, to think. look, yeah. She, you know, to look good. So that's what John Terry Terry's. John Terry's basically just Doris Day. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I got the luck to say that. Yeah. <laughs> come on,
2: come on. And Slattern following now. up on the <laughs> rear. <regardless laughs> <laughs>
1: um, speaking of this there's a. You've got a nice. You've you've done a little follow-up piece, haven't you? Want a really. A, Creepy story happened the week, weekend in Sweden.
0: Yeah, there was um, an attack on a goalkeeper last last night actually, a M- Monday evening. Um, it was a, a league game with Östersunds, uh, who are run by English boss Graham Potter, who used to be at Stoke and yeah. West Brom, a defender. And um, yeah, so basically, it was about two minutes from time, and uh, a fan ran onto the pitch, or well, well, a guy from the crowd. I don't think he was there to support any team. Good and shout, then, uh, yeah. Let's not,
1: he, let's not waste the word fan on him quite yeah,
0: right. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he jumped on a goalkeeper anyway. And, uh, yeah, I think he struck him on the side of the head. And um, so we had a chat with the manager anyway today, Graham Potter. And thankfully, the, the guy's okay and he's, he's sort of, uh, you know, he's, he's feeling all right about it even though he's obviously very shaken up because the game was abandoned. And... Um, yeah, you know, hopefully they'll be able to...
1: So, we'll find, so that's on the set piece. You'll be able to find that there, of course, as well. Yep. Um, obviously, you won't be discussing Blackburn on there, but just quickly, what a bleeding mess.
0: You said you wouldn't do this, Mark.
1: <laughs> I, 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 I throw a simple sentence out there. You're allowed to respond in the short and unemotional as you possibly can because we haven't got time for blubbing. I'm just going to hold on to the uh, sepia-tinted
0: memories of, of the past. <laughs>
1: he's gone. I mean, he, it's, like, it's like Michael Payne in Brazil now. He's basically just he's driving down the road in that car with the girl, <laughs> isn't he? He's, he's, he's not having it no more.
2: That's it. Once sepia-tinted comes in, it's, it's, you all, know,
1: over. it's all over. I, I, we, we're out of time, and I, and I want to thank you all. But I just want to say, and you know, obviously the circumstances we can't discuss in any way, but David Atkinson's story is, is that's a horrible, terrible, sad story because that was a I, I say kid. That's because I just kind of remember him. What a, just
2: well, that's also just a the lovely Footballers football Stay at a certain yeah, age right. in your mind You're right.
1: Yeah, and right. it's just a tragedy that, that happened that way, wasn't it? And, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, that he died, and then, and uh, but this was a, a a fella that was. I mean, funny. i have probably a bit more your vintage man, and, and but like he was. So much could have been, couldn't he? I mean, he delivered. He was, he was Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, was it Real Sociedad he went to as well? And
0: yeah, he was a pioneer going to Spain. And yeah, um, you know, he, he did brilliantly over there. He's fondly remembered. In fact, I was at um, San Sebastian, where Real Sociedad played a couple of years ago, and we were talking about all the English players with the fans that had been there over the years, and you know, they were all huge fans of Dalians. And um, yeah, I mean, he was a brilliant talent. And that's what yeah. everyone has. Yeah, come out
2: and, and said in the tributes this week, and um, yeah.
0: Such the a, sorry the thing.
2: best line I heard about him was he wasn't uh, a great scorer of goals, but he was uh, a scorer of great goals. Yes,
1: absolutely right. And apparently a thoroughly lovely geezer as well, is, is what I heard from you know, a few Oaks pros and people who knew him as well. Gentlemen, thank you much indeed. That was a great first up, first weekend's work for whistleblowers. Sports Social Podcast Network.